Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, September 6th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show... Water pressure may have returned to homes in Jackson, but it remains unsafe to drink. And the plant at the center of the crisis is now the subject of some political finger pointing. Then students in the capital city returned to class, but last week marked another disturbance to learning, plus a conversation with the state lieutenant governor. That's ahead. This is MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Mississippi Edition. News reports from the Mississippi Department of Health show significant improvements at the water treatment plant at the center of Jackson's water crisis. Operations at the O.B. Curtis facility were disrupted last week by flooding, which caused water pressure across the city to drop. Mississippi Department of Health Deputy Director Jim Craig says following a number of interventions, pressure has mostly been restored. But boil notices remain in effect for all residents. And of course, the big question that everyone wants to know is when will Jackson be off the mandatory boil water notice? Really critical processes such as the chemical balance in the system are needed before that can be removed. As the governor said, I'm very hopeful that we'll get some investigative sampling done out in the system. Over the weekend, we were able to make sure all of the air that might be in the system has been bled out. So that's, that's a good first step. I believe the investigative sampling will help us indicate whether it's time for us to begin the, the, the sampling for bacteria. Uh, we call it bacteria samples uh, out in the system to see if the water is ready to be removed from the bowl water notice. It's my hope that by midweek we may be able to begin some of that 120 samples that have to be taken for two consecutive rounds and being clear. The first round may give us clear indications to just, just how well uh, the water is being successfully distributed from the plant throughout the system. While the system is working well enough to resume testing, Craig says the facility requires time and investment to become fully operational. Moving the plant from intensive care to recovery heartbeat and as much stronger than what we had just a few days ago. While water quality and pressure continues to improve, the particulates removed from the process have no place to go due to restricted underground lines and under-maintained equipment. 
partners are working right now together to come up with sustainable solutions to this process so we can continue to provide clean water for our Jackson residents. Prepares to return the fully functional to the plant will take time and investment, and we know that that is a fact at the OB Curtis plant. But all of us do remain committed. It's vital that our residents have reliable and safe public water structure. Water support is essential for life, and our hearts go out to those Jacksonian businesses and residents struggling every single day. The key of ensuring safe, clean water is to correct inefficient processes as we continue to do. Providing emergency maintenance needs, inadequate, updating antiquated infrastructure, and critically important, hiring more trained maintenance workers and operators for this facility. The water treatment plant is operating with a temporary rental pump and a coalition of staff from state and federal level, as well as support from nearby states. Understaffing and irregular maintenance were factors in the facility's recent failures. Governor Tate Reeves, who presented a united tone last week during the announcement of water distribution sites, shifted yesterday while addressing the water crisis. Reeves provided his take on the question, pointing the finger at city management and funding priorities. This week demonstrates the clear need for one. The 
In the meantime, the statement from Jackson Mayor Shokwe and Tarla Mumba's office regarding the response from the governor, they said they plan on addressing his comments in the near future and say their hearts go out to all residents who are affected by the boil water order. Coming up, students in the capital city returned to class, but last week marked another disturbance to learning. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Students and teachers with Jackson Public Schools are returning to their classrooms today. Learning shifted to virtual platforms last week, while much of the city lacked water pressure. NPR education reporter Corey Turner reports on the effects the water crisis has had on teaching and learning this school year. The water situation in Jackson has been bad for years. Still, Superintendent Green says when he and I were together for the first week of school, he never imagined he'd be sending everyone home three weeks later. This right here, it's it's almost unbelievable. If I weren't living it and talking about it all freaking day, almost unbelievable. The city's been under a boil water notice for a month, but that wasn't enough to keep schools closed, Green says. Staff brought in bottled water, they boiled water in the cafeterias, and doubled down on packaged foods like muffins. But then during school on Monday, toilets across the district stopped flushing because of low water pressure. In that time, we're just trying to manage and teachers are trying to teach. And everybody who possibly can is pitching in to manually flush toilets. Imagine that. So Tuesday, Green had no choice but to close school buildings and get the message out to teachers, a message they'd been dreading. (sighs) Virtual for the remainder of the week. Latasha Cancer teaches third grade reading in Jackson, and she's been using one word a lot lately, prayerfully. Prayerfully, we'll be back in the building next week. But we don't know. We don't know. That means this morning she taught online in an eerie echo of how many of her kids spent their first grade year because of the pandemic. All right, let me make sure I got all the kids. One, two, three, four. She took attendance, helped several students log on, and then jumped into a lesson. The soil and excellent temperatures make it possible... That is third grader Malachi Richardson, who tells me outside of class that his mom and dad have to boil their water at home. Even if there is still low water pressure, like I think last time the water is still brown and dirty. Malachi says they also have to use their boiled water sparingly. Since we can't use our own shower, we take a bird bath. (laughs) That's what we call them at our house. We call them bird baths. Malachi's mom, Candy Bolden, says she bought a $5 kiddie pool and put it in the kitchen to store the water they boil. But she says cooking is still hard because you not only need clean water to cook, you need it to do the dishes, too. That's the most difficult. We've eaten out more this week than we actually can afford to because it's just 
difficult trying to keep everything clean. When I asked Malachi's mom and dad, Michael Richardson, if having their kids home has disrupted their work schedules? Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, profoundly so. You know, having to tag them along with me, and it's a lot more to consider than normal. Candy herself is a teacher and says things like working and learning are that much harder when you have to worry about something as basic as water. People have to feel they are comfortable enough and not in survival mode constantly so that they can thrive. And Jackson doesn't allow for that. Candy and Michael hope, as does Superintendent Green, that school will be back in person next week. And if it isn't, Mrs. Bew Cancer says she will keep telling her third graders what she's told them at the end of every Zoom class this week. I make sure that I tell them, I pray that you are okay. I pray that you have everything you need. It was great seeing you today, and prayerfully we'll see you tomorrow. Corey Turner, NPR News. And just a note there, students in Jackson Public Schools are returning to the classroom beginning today. Corey Turner is the education reporter for NPR. The sustained boiled water notice is a reminder that unreliable water has been a way of life in Jackson for years. But as Stephen Basaha of the Gulf States Newsroom reports, that's not enough to stop fans and students of two Jackson colleges from watching their football teams clash. Rain, shine, dry faucets, or low water pressure. In the South, the game must go on. Even going through a crisis, you know, people love football. Emil Felix drove from Louisiana to Mosep's College in Jackson to watch his son play Division III football for the home team. Matter of fact, we brought him uh, three cases of water. Um, they don't have water. They're, um, they're taking baths with, like, uh, distilled water. Uh, water in, in the dorms? Yeah. There's, there's, like, no water pressure. Mosep says the water pressure has been fluctuating, so it now has portable toilets and mobile showers at the ready. Let's hear your Mosep's captain! Millsap's taking on another Jackson institution, Bellhaven University. In the away bleachers filled with hundreds of fans, there's no shortage of hydration. A blue Powerade sits under one man's sneaker as others drink $3 Dasani bottles from the concession stand. On the field, benches are lined with those classic green and orange Gatorade squeeze bottles. We'd like to thank Infant Insurance for providing bottled water. They provided 37,000 bottles of water for the students Teams. Alyssa Pearson's here to support her fellow Bellhaven athletes after her soccer team won their game 3-1. to one. Water is a non-issue on the pitch, though the other day it was a problem post-game. We played an 8 o'clock game, so it was like 10 p.m. when we were done, so I had to go all the way um, off campus rather than just opening a door and just showering in my door. Pearson's a freshman from Ackworth, Georgia, where boil water notices are not the norm like here in Jackson. I've heard stories of, like, water problems around here, but I never thought I'd actually had to um, be in it in real life. She says it's strange brushing her teeth with bottled water and thinking about how clean the water is as it comes through the shower head. And the fact that I have no idea if my toilet's going to flush or not today. Still, it's not enough to make her consider transferring. And while dry toilet lines are new for Bellhaven seniors like Izzy Erickson, she's used to four years of boil water notices. I had no idea what boil water notice was at first. Whenever I first came here, I, had, I was so shocked. I was like, we have to boil the water that we're going to use. You got a quick education on yes, that. Yes, very quick. Erickson says she's not going to let the problems keep her from enjoying her senior year. But she's just about done with Jackson. I know that I won't be living here after college, so I guess I have that to look forward to.
The game ended with a Bellhaven victory, 49-21. Jackson State University senior Patrick Poe Jr. came here to support an old high school teammate playing for Bellhaven. He grew up here, so he's got way more than four years of experience with the water. We've been dealing with this since we were kids, before we were kids. Part of what makes this crisis so different is how long it's going. More than a month under a boil water notice for some residents and with no clear timeline for that to change. But Poe says that's not going to stop him from dressing head-to-toe in Jackson State football gear. As a matter of fact, when we have our first home game and the water's still not great, I'm still going to be right there in the vet. Happy. Lit. Lit. That game's still a couple weeks away. Enjoying a football night doesn't mean ignoring the city's problems, though. Poe spends the next morning at some of Jackson's affordable housing apartments delivering water to those who can't leave their homes. For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Stephen Basaha in Jackson, Mississippi. The Gulf States Newsroom is a collaboration among public media stations in Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama. Coming up, we talk to the state lieutenant governor. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB-4-CAR. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. The water crisis in the capital city is getting most of the attention, but water infrastructure statewide remains a concern, so much so that the legislature created a program with funds from the American Rescue Plan to supplement local investments in water system maintenance and upgrades. In part one of our conversation with Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman, we assessed the state of water in Mississippi. The first thing the legislature did was offer to match uh, $87 million of money that the ARP uh, sent to the city of Jackson and Hines County. So we're, we have offered to give an additional $87 million, which would give give uh, them $174 million uh, to begin to repair and, and maintain the water system. So we that uh, money was appropriated last year, and, and the application uh, process was open September the 1st, so it's open now for them to receive the state match. And, of course, they've already received last year the federal money. So they, they should have, uh, if they use their money for the water and sewer, they should have a, a roughly $174 million to start with. After that, clearly there will have to be other um, state incentives and federal incentives. I think everybody's in agreement that uh, this will that this will take both state and, and federal involvement to get to a, uh, something that would be acceptable to the citizens of of, uh, of central Mississippi here. This is an issue that isn't unique to Jackson, although right now Jackson is making headlines because of it. We've seen it in Flint, and also there are other systems in Mississippi that are having water issues along with other communities across the country. What will it take to keep infrastructure like this up to standards for Mississippians statewide? Well, all, all, all water, like all politics, is local. So each, uh, each city and each county and each rural water 
have to maintain their systems uh, to to for the state to assist in that. We appropriated $300 million for rural water associations last year, and we appropriated $450 million for cities and counties. So the legislature is um, significantly <laughs> encouraging the investment. Now, the numbers that you hear uh, to fix all the water in the sewer is, is just enormous. But in meetings, for example, in Greenwood, they're doing sleeves on aging waterways there that will last uh, for you know decades and decades uh, inside the pipes as a cost-effective way to increase the, uh, the ability to have clean water. And I expect other cities will do similar to that. Um, each one will, will do it at its own level. But the legislature also appropriated uh, two times the match for uh, cities that got less than a million dollars. And I was talking to one uh, just yesterday in Meadville, got $93,000 to fix to help fix up their water and sewer. Well, the state will appropriate $186,000 additional money to them. And $270,000 is a good bit of money to in a smaller city like that to to affect a meaningful change in the water. So from the state perspective, uh, we're, we've designated $750 million last year, and we saved some ARP money this year to make sure that we could fill in blanks that may be available coming up. So is the message to local leaders, stop kicking the can down the road? I, I, I want to go back on this. There, We have 52 senators here. And each of them come here for three months of the year. A mayor and a board of aldermen wake up every morning worried about their water, their garbage, uh, their police force, all the other things that go on to to manage a city. Um, The management of the police department and the city and the garbage pickup and the water and the sewer and everything is best done at a local level. They, They know what their needs are, and they also know with structure and engineers that they hire, what they should be fixing and what they should be adding to and repairing and those things, they come up virtually daily. So I I think all of these systems like this are run best by the locals. Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman, in part two of our conversation. I do not anticipate there will be an expansion of Medicaid, but there are many other things that we can do to have a more healthy environment for our citizens and make sure that they are, in fact, have access to health care. That's tomorrow. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.